everybody to another episode of That Movie Show. Mike Went and Eddie McCabe taking you through another week of movie talk. You can follow us on social media at Mike Went at the Eddie McCabe. Hashtag That Movie Show. If you want us to review anything, by all means, send the recommendations that away. Eddie, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. It's a great day for movies. <laughs> Isn't it, though? It's still a great day for movies at the very it is <laughs> yeah you know it is what it, we're doing the best we can with what we're given just living man l-i-v-i-n all right all right all right uh yeah. so <clears throat> today we we have a we have an, a very fun movie we're covering we're starting a kind of a an impromptu three-part series uh about a week ago i found out just I don't even remember what I was doing or what I was listening to or how I came about this information, but there was a one-month period 40 years ago, back in 1980. So it was between June 20th and July 25th of 1980 that basically it's the funniest month ever. Yeah, right. Uh, the movie we're covering today, The Blues Brothers, along with Airplane and Caddyshack, were all released in a one-month span in 1980. Back before, you know, film schedules and stuff where you got the likes of Disney and Marvel being like, all right, let's not release everything on top of each other. Let's spread it out every six months. No, no. Here's three of the funniest movies ever in one month. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It was great. I mean, those three movies are fantastic. It was funny because, like, we'll get into it when we do Blues Brothers, but it was just like movies were just made differently back in back in the day you know because this movie you know i got thoughts they're good but i got thoughts you know we all know how i feel about john candy oh and he is in this yeah i forgot he was in this canadian american sweetheart john candy yeah and (laughs) apparently my nemesis apparently wow hot takes from eddie right out the gate yeah I do not like John Candy, okay? <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, we way, found that out with Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I was just going to say, go back and check out our Planes, Trains, and Audio Be- Automobiles uh, podcast, and you'll hear Eddie really just lay into everyone's favorite Uncle John Candy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we just found out. You know, sometimes we find out good things about ourselves, and sometimes we find out bad things about ourselves. This was a bad thing. You know, there was that Disney trip that I took that I found out that I love Jimmy Buffett. That's an odd one. That was an odd one. I didn't know that about myself. But is that a story out. for today or is that a story for another day? Uh, so it was WrestleMania 32, okay. I think. 32 or 33, whichever one was in Orlando. Sure. Uh, we did Disney Mania. So we had spent a week in Disney World uh, prior to that WrestleMania because it was in Orlando. And I want to say for like a day and a half, I just kept making Jimmy Buffett references. And then finally, we ended up at Universal, and I was like, oh, we got to go to Margaritaville. And I knew (laughs) all the songs. And Bill just looks at me, and he goes, dude, I think you like Jimmy Buffett a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Like, okay, so, so for example, how are you making Jimmy Buffett references through Disney World? I have no recollection (laughs) of the references, but they just kept coming. You're at one of the, the the quick quick service stops, and and you're sitting there ordering your lunch, and you're like, ah, yeah, I think I'll have a cheeseburger. I like mine with lettuce and tomato. Yeah, have a cheeseburger <laughs> French fried and potatoes. Heinz yeah. fifty seven and French fried potatoes. But that's me, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know like, where what? I'm gonna go. 
if somebody just goes, I don't know where I'm going to go. Oh, when the volcano blows? I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh, shit. <laughs> what are you talking about, you crazy bastard? Uh, so I'll, I'll never forget my... my one time at Margaritaville, it was uh, at the Flamingo in Las Vegas. Sure. And the only reason it really stood out to me, uh, the food was, you know, it was functional. It was fine. It was a, you know, a chain eatery. Yeah. Uh, but what, what stood out to me was uh, I was meeting a bunch of friends uh, down at the bar. And I'm sitting there waiting. And I was the first one to get there. And it was like this thing. And I don't know if it happened every hour, if it was completely random or whatever it is. But behind the bar, there was this giant, and I mean giant, blender. Yeah, and right. it's just got a tornado in it. And but the one in Vegas had a slide and there was like girls in bikinis that slid down the slide into the blender and like sloshed around and I'm like all right, Vegas, A. And then yeah. B, it's like it's a human blender. Yeah. <laughs> are you Are you me? insinuating that your margaritas are people flavored? Are we drinking people? Are these <laughs> Are these Soylent green margaritas? Are you uh, telling me? But that's that's uh, one of the, the memories. And it was one of those things. It was like it was a big to do because it was like you said, the volcano went off and and there was like a bunch of, you know, sounds and lights and shit yeah. like that. And then all of a sudden, yeah, two girls in bikinis slide down a slide into a blender. And I'm just like, <sighs> hello, Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Hello, Vegas. I guess. Yeah, it was the that because they had the blender. They didn't have the girls sliding into the into the blender at uh, the one in Orlando at Universal. Um, but still, not the weirdest thing I saw at a tiki bar. The weirdest thing I saw at a tiki bar down there was the giant octopus arm at uh, Trader Sam's. Love it, love it. Uh, that is yeah. that is like the greatest bar ever. It is definitely not what I thought it was. I like it is a hole in the wall at the Polynesian. Yep. Uh, it's but it's also like, like the most popular spot there. Like you yes. have to show up an hour just to wait in line till it opens. Yeah. So we went in. It was towards the end of the night, and we got in, and we went in, put our name in, then went to the outside bar, Trader Sam's, right. to then drink first, and yep. then got to go in and drink. And there was all sorts of tiki nonsense happening. Yep. The, the the animatronic uh, octopus arm that basically like clotheslines the entire bar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just so weird. Um, it's amazing. It's yeah. it's yeah. just a magical magical place. And I and COVID took that from me because I wanted to go to the booty you not so scary Halloween party. I mean, I, that's just one of many things. I it, you know, food and wine is another one that's yeah. like my favorite thing to do. That's happening. I believe it's happening right now. Uh, yeah, or, it's part two of food and wine. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, cool. We got like twenty percent of our normal, you know, gatherings here, so just keep going. <laughs> yeah, right. The ball rolling here. We got plenty of food and drinks. Um, yeah, yeah. We bought all this wine, damn it! <laughs> Too much wine. <laughs> I want some wine. <laughs> we gotta have the food. We gotta have the food and wine festival until the food and wine festival starts up again. We didn't spend any of it. We've been closed for three months. Not a festival. It's just, it's now a thing. Yeah. What is it's it? just Epcot food and wine. Period. <laughs> That's the full name of the park now. <laughs> Epcot food and wine frozen ever after soaring through the universe. That's it. That's what we're, that's what we're called now. Guardians of the Epcot food and wine. You don't want to go to wine. test track. <laughs> you don't. 
test track is cool until you got a license and you went bombing down the highway at a buck 80 in a Corvette. Ooh, and, you, you go 60? Really? Really? Ooh, <laughs> wow. It was really... The first time I ever went on that ride, it was awesome. But again, I was 12. <laughs> next time next time I, I went on it, I'm, I'm 22 years old, and they're like... I'm like, yeah, we're getting ready, and it bombs down the track, and it goes through, and then it picks up to 65 miles an hour. And I was like, I was doing like a buck 20 in my car on the highway last weekend. What are you talking about? It's it's all fun. It's cool until you're late for work. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is nothing. This yeah. is like a casual Sunday going to the liquor store. Right. I've been driving up to New Hampshire. Wasn't looking at the speedometer. The next thing I know, the person in the car next to me is just looking at me being like, hey, you know that you're doing like 130 miles an hour, right? And I go, oh, shit. All the trees make it not seem like I'm going fast at all. So yeah. So I don't care how many cool I don't care how many cool Tron lights you put on the goddamn semi truck that's about to hit you. Yeah, it's not cool anymore. And you know what? While we're at it, mission space, get the fuck out of here. God, what are we doing this vomit simulator over here? You got two different versions. You got a green version and a red version. The green version is the mild experience. And really, it's just a simulator that moves a little bit, and you press the buttons, and it's just like, okay, cool. If I wanted to ride a coffin, I'd go to that fictional spooky amusement park from the Goosebumps book where you get murdered at the end. And then there's the actual murder version, and that's the red team. And it's just like, oh, yeah, what if we just spun this bitch real fast? I was in that ride. The first time I ever went on that ride, I was excited. And I was like, ooh, there's an intense version. And this is going to be spooky. And I was like getting a little nervous because it's like, oh, this is like an intense ride. And I was like, okay, cool. And then the kid and the dad bag out right before we're about to get on there. And so it's me and the person I'm with. And it's just the two of us. And we still got to press all the buttons. So that was the most interesting part. (laughs) I'm sitting there strapped to my seat. And it's like... Commander, you need to push the jet release fuel button. And it's like, oh, fuck, it's over there. And I'm like, and then it stopped. And I'm like, oh, I can feel my blood vibrating. My (laughs) blood is just vibrating. It's, oh. God. Blood oh, God, I don't, I don't know that you're actually supposed to be able to feel the back of your eyeballs, but I could feel the back of my eyeballs. And so, you know what? Both of those rides, get the fuck out of here. Also, living with the land. If I wanted to watch plants grow, I'd go to a fucking Home Depot. <laughs> oh my God. You know, thank God you have Soren. Because, you know, that pavilion is absolutely useless. Thank God Epcot has food and Soren. <laughs> yeah. Food and Soren. It's going to get the Guardians of the Galaxy at some point to keep. They were building that bastard. And it's just like, oh, this is going to be awesome. The whole roller coaster is going to spin. Like, I mean, oh. that's it's literally the size of like the park, isn't it? It, it is. It absolutely is. Like, it's, it's the largest indoor roller coaster. And I'm yeah. just like, I'm looking at like, you know, one of those Google Maps, you know, overhead view things. I'm like, it's a park. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're just it, building it an indoor fit. Star Wars land here. It's something like it can fit like four spaceship Earths in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And God bless spaceship Earths. I don't know why semen is involved, but. Like, they're doing a great job, you know, with the Spaceship Earth. It's such... Dame Judi Dench, she's a treasure. 
She's an international treasure. That woman telling me about what the world could be. And I really need it right now because the world's on fire. You know, <laughs> the world's on fire. And I need Dame Judy Dench to just be like, look, this is your face on an animatronic. They could tell you how wonderful it would be if you lived underwater. And it's just like, yeah, that's exactly what I need right now, Dame Judy Dench. Or I need to go to Norway, a very lovely country with very lovely people. Mm-hmm. And they're so nice over there. If you're trying to get a Bavarian pretzel or something, you probably get those from Germany too, but I don't know, whatever. And then it's just like, oh, let's just experience Frozen, which is just a delight of a movie. Just a delight of a movie. Look, do I want to hear Elsa belt out into the unknown? Yeah, I do. Because that song is better than Let It Go. Oh, God. I love it so much. And then over in in China, right, the next pavilion over, they got the Chinese acrobats. And they're jumping through hoops 15 feet in the air. And it's the type of international wonderment that I absolutely love. But at Mission Space and fucking Test Track, they can get the fuck out of here. So you're not fast passing those, huh? No. <laughs> you're, not, you're not reserving your three fast passes for the day on those. <laughs> no, I'm not. No. And like a unicorn, like an absolute unicorn, pretty much the only thing I've never done in Disney World is inside the American Pavilion. I've never seen the oh, American I've, I've, experience. I've never gone inside either. Yeah, I've never seen the American experience with Mark Twain and Charles Dickens or whatever. Is it, is it because we're Americans? Yeah. I, also, I think that's I think that's what it is because the most I think I've done there is I've gotten a Sam Adams and moved on to Italy. Yeah, they got a good barbecue <laughs> joint. It's named after Sam the Eagle, and I fucking love Muppets. You know? <laughs> but if I wanted to see the Muppets, I'd go to Muppet Vision 3D, yes. which is the last thing that Jim Henson ever directed. So don't ever let that go. Or I'd go to the great moments in history where the Muppets just sing at you outside of a window in Liberty Square. I've you know I've never seen that. I think I was there for it, but it was uh. Last time I was in Disney was Christmas Day, and I think at that point I was tired of people. Yeah. So yeah. And Christmas Probably. Day will make Christmas Day in the Magic Kingdom will make you tired of people very quick. Oh, it's like, oh, all right, yeah. we're getting our fast passes. We're going to Hall of Presidents for some air conditioning, and we're getting the hell out of here. Yeah. We are going to Epcot. <laughs> what did Lincoln say at the Hall of Presidents? Welcome to the Hall of Presidents. <laughs> Oh, lovely, lovely. Yeah, and yes. that's the only good part because, god damn it, if I gotta listen to all of them speak and talk about nonsense, oh, no, no. Oh, that, that, I mean, I, I don't know when the last time you went was, but legitimately, that was like it was, you know, stuff like Hall of Presidents and Carousel of Progress. You know, the the thing, the basically the theaters that have, you yes. know, you know, huge amounts of people that can take it at a given time. Those were the only things I really could do. Let me put it in perspective on Christmas Day in the Magic Kingdom, uh, the People Mover. The yes. Wedway People Mover had a two-hour wait. Yeah, no, thank you. No, like that's no. literally designed. To well, I was on <laughs> last time I yeah the last time I was there was New Year's, which is New Year's Eve, which yeah, is but, exactly but, the same. Same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was standing there with my dad, and we were just watching a mass of people that were just stuck. Yeah. They couldn't move. Like. Yeah. There was something happening on one of the ends, and they just couldn't move. And it was like, oh, this is awful. This is the, um, Yeah, so, because when we went... Well, and, we went but, to the Mexican Pavilion, where there is the Three Caballeros Adventure, yep. which is a goddamn delight and way better than It's a Small World, but basically just the Mexico part. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Also, I'd like to introduce my new series, where I just yell about the parks... 
can I just you know, say this is this is kind of what we're doing now. It's like we 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 have our we have our planned movie. We're gonna get to Blues Brothers, but last week we started a wire podcast. Now we're doing Eddie's Angry Disney Adventures. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just gonna go ride by ride and give you my ex- honest review in like a 30 second chunk. You wonder why a couple of park hoppers don't invite us on. <laughs> Uh, yeah. They're trying to do something nice over there. Yeah. And it's like, all right, we can play nice with you guys, and then we do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, Bill, let me on your show, and let me tell you why I absolutely hate, okay. hate, so, hate Test Track. Full disclosure, behind the, behind the curtain and revealing great and powerful laws is a little old man. So when they decided to switch up Splash Mountain, yeah. I sent out the text to you and Bill, and I'm like, hey, right. why don't we do kind of a, a, a roundtable type of thing on your on Bill's podcast, a couple of park operas, because we all have great memories of that ride, and, you know, right. I grew up on that ride, et cetera, et cetera. And then <laughs> I think he was into it for like two seconds until you go, yeah, and we can review Song of the South. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Look, here's no, the thing. Eddie, that's here's not what thing. we're trying. We're trying to have, have happy a memories. VHS copy of it. I have a VHS copy of Song of the South, right? Because that thing's so locked up in the tightest of vaults, like you're never gonna see it. And so I, I just want to search it. on YouTube, yeah, <laughs> right? Because somebody like me that has a VHS copy digitized it. Exactly. Uh, but God, I want to do it. Yeah, Bill was a hundred percent on board because if I had said. We'll do that, and we'll do Princess and the Frog. You know, yes. like, we'll review Princess and the Frog, and we'll talk about Splash Mountain, and we'll talk about the rebrand and everything. That show would have happened. That show would have happened. But no. See, the thing is, is that you always ask with the highest uh, ask, and then we can only go down from there. So I would have settled for Princess and the Frog. They were but only look, a couple months, like, maybe a couple weeks into doing their podcast, and they were really trying to, they're, they're trying to do happy shit over there. Oh, and it's like... And I'm trying to be like, ah, yeah, you know, cool. I have some friends at Disney, and they're doing a Disney podcast. Let's do something with that. <laughs> Let's review the most controversial movie yeah. in Disney history yep. on, like, week four of their brand-new Happy Disney podcast. <laughs> Could have been on our show. I don't care. Look, here's the thing. You can hate me all you want for suggesting it, <laughs> but you know people would have watched. Oh, sure. would have listened. Oh, sure. People would have listened, you know? And then we would have got all the angry people that were just upset it's not a bootleg version of the movie that we're doing. Yeah. Love that one. Oh, yeah. I I got that on... uh, Someone was really angry in the YouTube comments of Hocus Pocus, literally calling us a scam because we we were reviewing the movie and not just uploading a bootleg version of it. And I'm like, it's on Disney+. Plus. Go watch it. One, it's on Disney Plus. Two, it, it's almost October, which means it'll be on every day, on every day. freeform. Every so day. you'll have your chance to watch it. Unbelievable. <sighs> All right. So now that we've started that Disney podcast, uh, yeah. you, want, you want to jump into the real one? Yeah, let's do that. All right. So our 30-day film challenge, we are on day 10. It is your favorite superhero film. Eddie, what do you got? Yeah, I did... Uh, Avengers Infinity War. Um, there's a lot of Marvel that kind of just pops up on this 30-day list. And so I tried to hang in a, like, spread it out. Uh, because, sure. you know, because there's just, like, 
there's movies that could have done multiple, right? This could have been Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Spoiler, it either already did or it will appear on this list. You know, I don't think I've gotten to it yet, but, you know, it it will be on my list at some point. You know what I mean? I think Endgame will as well. So, you know, there's even uh, The Incredibles. We already did that one, you know. So there's a bunch of superhero movies that I just love Mm -hmm. and they appeared. And Infinity War might be the best one uh, just because. It it just might be the best one. It had the punch of the ending, the super emotional weight. It's extremely well done, well acted. There's a ton of payoff. Great characters, great character development. And it is Infinity War. Infinity War. I, I would it's one of those ones that like I go back and I watch it, uh, but I've gotten to the point now where every time I rewatch it, I love a hundred percent of it and I skip the WandaVision parts. Yeah, okay. Like that's like I'm so, like, I need I need to get to the Guardians of the Galaxy at this point. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. like I don't I don't I don't need to see you guys in love in Germany. I want to I want to go on my space adventure with Tree and Rabbit. <laughs> yeah. Although WandaVision that trailer dropped that trailer in between, and that show looks fantastic. It I looks can't insane. Yeah, it's gonna be great. I can't wait. I don't know what to make of it, but I'm all in for it. So um, I'm my guess is is that's how we get the X Men into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. That's my guess is that um, so in the storyline, the comic book storyline, House of M, it ends with Wanda uh, basically making an entire world full of mutants. So everybody's a mutant and then making no more mutants. Right. And so that's those are the two like things that come out of that storyline. And so. That's what I'm thinking is hap- is going to happen is that she's going to go crazy because of this and it's going to result in the X-Men like all the mutants coming to the world. That'd be pretty cool. And that's how that's why people don't like them and they're ostracized and stuff because they're just this like new race that just kind of like popped up. Hmm. Now cuz in because she, because Scarlet Witch and and Quicks, I mean Quicksilver, I know is in the X Men. Was Scarlet Witch in the in the X Men as well? Yes. So Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, they're twins. Yeah. Uh, but they're also Magneto's children. Right. So, so, but what I mean, and and I I know like in the comics they do, but I'm I'm talking like more of the movies. Oh, the I know Fox Quicks, movie. I know Quicksilver was in the Fox movies. Yeah, she was not in the Fox movies. Okay. So, so they they wanted to get her into the MCU, but they basically had to like have so, him in for like half a movie. <laughs> yeah. So both of them were in, were members of the Avengers and that's why they were able to use them because they, uh, they are technically Avengers characters too. But there was like the caveat. They couldn't call them mutants in these movies. Yeah. So they couldn't call them mutants and they couldn't refer to their dad being Magneto. Those were the two things that they couldn't do. Looking forward to it. It looks weird as shit. Yeah. I'm I'm all in for it. Uh, mine, uh, while it would have been very easy for me to go down the MCU route, and uh, wouldn't have, you know, I probably would have picked the same movie. Uh, I went with uh, Orgasmo. Ah, oh, that's a great one too. Which, uh, of course, is in our archives. We covered Orgasmo earlier this year. Did you see what Denver, uh, the Denver yes. Broncos, did? It was glorious. Yeah. So this past week, uh, the Denver Broncos at their home game, uh, because they have limited capacity uh, at their stadium, they just put uh, like. 1800 cardboard cutouts of South Park characters. Yep. And the uh the South Park uh pandemic special is this Wednesday. Correct. Uh the hour long special on Comedy Central. So that's um, I'm so looking forward to that. 
Um, yeah. Because you know, every day need a good laugh. And goddamn, these guys provide great laughs. I actually just uh, just yesterday randomly just went and rewatched uh, Six Days to Air because it's on okay. HBO Max. Right. And I went down a, a South Park rabbit hole because HBO Max has that as well. And I'm like, oh, you know, I got around that point of that season that they they covered in, in the documentary. So I'm like, all right, screw it. I'll go back. I love that. Like the, 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 the way they work is amazing. Well, it's also so like maybe this will be this week's NAI uh, episode because we haven't actually talked about it. But um, so I'm doing my show prep for that show live on the air in this conversation. Um, I can help. Basically. Basically, everybody kind of compares The Simpsons and South Park at this at this point in time, right? Because they have so much like they both are so long. Um, I want to say South Park is like four shy of 30. If not, they've already passed like 30 and Simpsons is well past 30 seasons. So they've all been they've both been on the air for a very long time. But South Park has evolved so much over its time frame that I don't feel the Simpsons have caught up in their evolution. And they're just on because they're an institution at this point, as opposed to like the introduction of PC principle was so goddamn funny and basically shifting it around from like the four boys being the main character to now it's like basically Randy Marsh, the show and you know what I mean? (laughs) And it's just like, God, show keeps evolving it's incredibly topical everything about it is so fun and the way that they work is just so inspiring because yeah six days to air where they're able to just make this show that consistently funny from and concept. not even like not even like oh we're just gonna we animate it in six days no they literally were sitting in the writer's room with no idea right and it's crazy because there was that dip and it was the keen and friends uh like seasons and yeah. there was a little bit of a dip in quality then, but the reason be it was because they were making Book of Mormon. Yep. And it's just like, yeah, so all of our creative endeavors went over to Book of Mormon, which is an all-time hilarious musical. Yep. And it's and then you look at the movies, right? Like, look at basketball. Basketball is so goddamn funny. Orgasmo, so funny. Yep. South Park the movie, extremely funny. Team America, World Police. Like, they're they are extremely talented comedy geniuses yeah and and i think the i mean granted you you hit on it the dip you saw was because they were putting all their efforts into book of mormon and it's it shows because they changed it was one of the few times in this show's run that they changed how they approached the show creatively where they were making basically it was a serial Right, where, where they were, they had a you know they had a full story a se- a season long arc basically as opposed to, all right, what's in the news today? Who are we gonna satirize today? You know, right. So when they when they're allowed to you know just pick topics off the top of their head and go with it because they you know because they're not focused on making this unbelievable musical, they they can yeah. do the the show that we really know and love. Uh, and I and I think it it shows because they did it kind of with um. I don't. I don't think it was last season. No, it was the the season before last when when Garrison was doing the Trump stuff. Right. And, and it's like they they even like they followed up the following season by saying, yeah, "Okay, we're 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 done with these you know season long serial things." It's like we don't we don't need that anymore. Yeah, we don't need them. We don't let's, like let's them. Get back to what we do well. Yeah. Right. Jay Green. 
Yeah. <laughs> Would you TV with Tig? Oh my god. Randy and his Tegrity Farms is one of my favorite things ever. <laughs> uh, well, Randy is just the best. I thought this was America. <laughs> Randy Marsh easily top five TV character of all time for me. It uh, absolutely, and it's just it's insane because you look at how iconic Cartman and Kenny and Stan and Kyle are. That for them, somewhere around like season twelve, to just be like, oh no, we're just going to focus on Randy because. Well, if you think about it, it's also the growth of the the creators. You know, it's like Matt and Trey started out as guys out of college, so of course they're they would focus on the kids and the juvenile humor, and then all of a sudden they became grown men and adults with families and stuff. It's like, oh. We have our own like other problems now, and that we can you know focus on Randy because he's actually more our voice now than the right. kids, right? Which makes complete sense, and and also it's been it's given it the ability to to flesh out the town because if I mean the, right. they even hit on it in the Six Days to Air documentary where I think it was uh, I think it was Matt was was talking about like season two or something. He's basically like, yeah, don't go back and watch those, like. <laughs> They, you know, yeah. don't go back and watch them. They weren't great. Uh, you know, we don't really like them anymore. You know, yeah, we, we, right. we wish we could erase them, but they're part of our history. It is what it is uh, because the show has gotten so much better and we've been able to flesh out. It used to just be four kids. You know, right. And they're, and they're teachers. Right. And they're teachers and then whatever ancillary characters would kind of like pop in and out. But, yeah, it's it's crazy. The evolution of that show has just been so funny. And it wasn't until it was either Stick of Truth or fractured but whole uh it was one of those two video games where they actually had to map out the town they had never actually sat down and mapped out south park colorado they just had the storefronts and the different things and the kids would just come in and people would just go to those things and it was like stick of truth or one of them where the kid you had to like map out how to get to play from place to place huh i mean the the funny thing is, I, I have a friend that used to live in Colorado, and it's literally like the the earlier seasons really did it did South Park Colorado justice because it really is just the one road in convenience store, one road out. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think they've done. Uh, I think they've expanded it a bit much. You know, yeah, now. a little bit. Well, they have. Uh, they have they a Whole Foods now. They have a Whole Foods now and a Sheepy Pot Town. Sheepy Pot Town. That's uh, we we used to call that. Uh, in the town next to the town I grew up in, it was a like there. It was not like it was like kind of run down, a little like you know lower blue collar, like that yeah. sort of thing. And in this renaissance of like, oh, we have to put high end condos above retail spaces. Like I mean, that was one just, of them. That's just the model for everything now, right? And so they put one in in the like town square of the town over, and we used to make fun of it because it was like, oh yeah, it's Soto Sopa, like it's (laughs) like this is a shitty part of town, and like the park across the street, like you don't go there after sundown because people are just in the park doing heroin, like you know what I mean, like that's the type of stuff. But it's just like, oh yeah, no, but we're gonna sell these high end luxury condos across the street. It's like you're gonna have to spend high six figures to live across from Heroin Park. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? It's just like that's absurd. And but it's it's Soto Sopa, and that's what we used to call it. So that is our thirty day film challenge: uh, Avengers: Infinity War, Orgasmo for our favorite superhero films. Uh, coming up next week on day 11, it is a film you like from your least favorite genre. This one was hard for me. I yeah. remember 
Like, because it was tough. Like, everything has, like, 15 different genres. So it's just, like, I don't know. It was it was tough. Oh, okay. I, 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 I know I looked, what I picked. I looked ahead to, to see what I picked, and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Yeah, uh, I, so I don't... I just don't feel... I don't feel strongly about the genre it's in, but no, I love I, the movie. But I think that's, you know, they, they worded it very uh, creatively. It's the least favorite genre. It's not like yeah. I hate the genre, but it's like, okay, if I had to pick a genre, which I think I actually didn't, because last last week we did, I talked about Lord of the Rings, and wow, people people really went off on that one. But I would say that the, the fantasy type of genre would be my least favorite, but I, I can't think of a movie that I like in that genre. <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe never-ending story, but I don't know. I'm, that's that's just coming off the top of my head right the now. The never-ending story. Uh, the greatest movie in television. Uh, huh? The greatest scene in television history is the one from uh, Stranger Things Season 3, where they sing Never-Ending never, Story. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite. It is by far my favorite scene in television. Hands down. It was so adorable. Yeah. And just so endearing. With, well, everything about it. Yes. Everything about it. The fact that the, like, not the world in general, like, kind of, but, like, the their world is, like, coming, crashing down, and they're just singing yep. while these, like, kids are getting chased by some sort of smoke monster. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the other people are, like, in a Russian base, like, being hunted. And, and you know what? The, this girl just wanted to sing a song with her boyfriend. <laughs> right. Who she hasn't spoken to in mu- in weeks. So, you know, oh, God, so great. Um, what was the horse's name? Atreyu? Was it Atreyu the kid? No, the, the horse is like, uh, was it Artax? Atrax? Atrax? <laughs> Either way, he's he got he drowned in the mud. Yeah, We're, yeah. we are all Atrax. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's 2020. That's 2020. That's 2020. Uh, ready for the Blues Brothers? I'm ready for the Blues Brothers. Half a pack of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. They want $5,000. Guess you really up shit creek. Police. No, ma'am. We're musicians. Don't you guys ever wear blue jeans or jumpsuits like, like Wayne Cochran or C.C. Riders? We're on a mission from God. Good to see you, sweetheart. You contemptible pig. How much for the women? I'm gonna catch that sucker. Excuse me. You see two guys coming here, black suits, black hats. Sit them down there. Thank you. Oh, please don't kill us. You know I love you, baby. Let's go. As we mentioned, came out in the funniest month of all time. June 20th, 1980, 40 years ago. 
the Blues Brothers was released. Had a budget of $30 million. Most of that went to cars. Uh, box office of $115.2 million. It was written by Dan Aykroyd and John Landis. It was directed by John Landis. And it starred John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, uh, Carrie Fisher, Cab Calloway, James Brown, Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin, Henry Gibson, uh, and a slew of musical cameos. It, it's such a classic movie. Uh, but you said you had thoughts, Eddie. So let's start uh, off on the right foot. What are some of your hot takes on this iconic comedy film? Uh, so I left it very ambiguous thinking that I was going to trash this, and I'm not going to. I actually really like this movie. Um, I actually like this movie a whole hell of a lot. It was just surprising to me how slow this movie was, like slow-paced. Like coming into it, I was like, oh, this is going to be a whiz-bang-bang adventure, and I remember them getting chased all the time. You know, so they're, it's basically just going to be kind of like a musical chase movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? And no, this movie is slow and methodical. It's very fun, but it was just very different than what I remembered. And it just kind of shows you how like, um, you know, the counterpart to this blues brothers, 2000, which <laughs> is awful. Um, but like the fifth diehard, it doesn't it? Really yeah. Exist. <laughs> right. So, you know, but you get blues brothers, 2000, and then like movies that would kind of like, be I, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but be similar where it's like a band doing a road trip basically because we got to sure. get the band back together, like that whole trope. And those movies just don't let anything marinate or breathe, and you don't get to like experience the world of these characters. And so it was so refreshing to just like live in this movie. And it's probably, even though it's not technically, it's probably the best SNL movie. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I guess defining an SNL movie, uh, you're talking about a character that was created on SNL. Yeah, character that originated on there. So you have this, you have Wayne's World, you have It's Pat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the Coneheads, you know, yeah. the, those type of things. And I, I would have to say, I mean, look, it's the not the ladies' <laughs> man. You know, like, I'm not saying that it's a long very like endearing list but it's not like it's it's in big contention with a bunch of heavy hitters it's basically this in wayne's world it's this in wayne's world <laughs> followed closely by wayne's world too sure uh yeah because i mean people would make the argument that you know a lot of the snl guys were involved with uh with caddyshack which we're going to cover in a couple weeks but even that was more from the writing side of things national lampoons yeah that's a national lampoons movie uh, it just yeah, it just so happens that by the time they got to make caddyshack a lot of the people have been hired by SNL, you know, the right. Chases, Bill Murray's and shit like that. Yeah. This is a, like you can point to the blues brothers being on That's SNL. Right. You know, it was really funny. Cause we, I was actually talking about this on, we were talking about it on the show that I'm now doing with improv asylum. I'm directing anything for money on their YouTube channel. So go and like, and subscribe and all that Check fun stuff. Out. Yeah. But we were talking about uh, how the Blues Brothers were originally the killer bees and they were dressed in bee costumes, you know, so it was like there was a whole lore and stuff before they got to this. They, and they sang King Bee live on the show. Right. That, that was one of the cooler things, too, about like even going back to that. Um, it wasn't like these guys, the Blues Brothers or the, the bees at the time were created for sketches. Right. They were legitimately the musical act of the show. Right. 
Like, well, you know, now you have, you know, Kanye or whoever coming on and doing the musical act. No, no, it was John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd cast members creating these characters, the Blues Brothers, for the musical act, not for a comedy. Right. Game. Yeah, because back then they didn't have the clout to be able to pull in an actual, like, band. You know? they, weren't, they weren't getting the Rolling Stones to come in. Yeah, right. You know, it wasn't that like the musical guest was the headliner of the evening. You know, it was just like, look, this is this. It was kind of like Mad TV, <laughs> you know, like, well, Mad TV, you, they never evolved past, they never got you the know, <laughs> they never got the clout. But like, that was the thing is like they it was you watched Mad TV for the people where now you watch Mad TV, you watch SNL. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to see who the guest host is you know and that and the musical act like i want to see that miley cyrus is gonna debut a new song so i want to watch that it's a sad but true fact it is uh quite honestly nine out of ten i fast forward the musical acts yeah i i generally have no interest um i will say though the uh you just you brought up miley cyrus the one that she did it like her fire pit during one of the quarantine shows yeah was really fucking cool yeah like it, it, it was cool how they shot it. It, it it was a cool song it was very subtle it was just her and a guitarist uh i thought that was a very cool way of doing it uh but the blues brothers right so <laughs> we start out uh J- jake uh, jake and elwood elwood's picking up jake from Juliet prison yep uh and the funny thing was so there's there's a longer. You mentioned how long it felt. Uh, it, there's a longer version of this movie. So I watched the unrated version. Okay, so that's also why, because I watched the theatrical cut, which is about two fifteen, and you probably yours is probably like two and a half hours. Yeah, I think it's like about twenty twenty five minutes longer um, than the theatrical cut. So yeah, there's a lot of extra stuff, uh, and most of it's just padding of yeah. scenes. Uh, th- there's a couple of extra scenes in there, but most of it's just like. Oh, you know, Jake walked in an extra hallway in the prison, right. in the opening prison scene. You know, yes. Uh, Frank Oz had like three extra items he gave him, you know, shit like that. Yes, that was exactly it. Um, so we start out and uh, picks up Jake from prison. Uh, immediately, the, he's upset because he traded in his Cadillac. <laughs> yes, for a microphone. I, for a, oh, yes, I understand that. And uh, it's. It's funny because watching them, you can tell it's it's a fun dynamic watching uh, Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi work together because they, right. they were it's it's knowing enough about them. They were as close to brothers as you could get uh, yeah. in, in real life and having that playful thing. But also um, and, and I'm, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but it has to be said that this was around a time where John Belushi was having a lot of problems. Yeah. Uh, like one one of the stories that I remember from this was uh, he basically he disappeared one night during filming. Okay. They were filming a scene and he just he was gone, and Dan Aykroyd, John Landis, and a couple others basically were driving around this town that they were filming in looking for him, and Aykroyd just happened to be driving down this residential street, saw a house with one light on, and just kind of knocked on the door and said, "Hey, excuse me, uh, John Belushi here?" Like, "Oh yeah, he's." the couch sleeping you know and and he he was dubbed basically uh Aykroyd has said in interviews John Belushi was America's guest people just invited him in yeah come on in you're on Saturday Night Live you're Bluto from you know Animal House come on in um 
So while, yes, part of it was his problems, it was also he was one of the most endearing people in, right. in, ever. Um, yeah, so it's an, interesting, it's an interesting movie to have to review. It is. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, especially because of the way we review movies, and, and I'm sure if you're listening or watching this, you're, you're hearing a little bit of trepidation in my, in my voice trying to get started because right. the way we do movies is we nitpick the shit out of them. We beat them up a little bit, but it's like, this is an absurd movie. Yeah, you know? the thing is, is the what I like... Is we would say like, oh, come on, really? He hit the gas and jumped over a, a speed oh, of yeah. Nazis? <laughs> yeah, but it's like, but that's kind of the point. Like, Wait, it's an SNL sketch that we're just doing for two hours is, is all we're doing. You know, there's comedy hijinks that happens. Um, I, I think that the way that I would kind of review this movie is just kind of talking about culturally the impact of, like, watching this and how many songs are in this that are, you know... Just absolutely iconic songs. The soundtrack is fantastic. An amazing soundtrack. It's it's funny because there, there's a few movies, uh, and this is definitely one of them. Watching it last night, that I'm actually just sitting there singing along with the song. Right. You know, um, especially as as a as a kid, I was a massive Belushi fan, um, to the point that like uh, I was probably. Whew, I don't know, 12, 13, when the, when the kids start having bar mitzvahs in, in school. 12 or 13, 12, I think. Yeah, so I would, I got, like, what most people would refer to as the reservoir dog suit, which is, you yeah. know, just the black suit, skinny black tie. But I also paired it with sunglasses and a hat, and I would basically show up to bar mitzvahs as the Blues Brothers. Yeah, uh, of course. Just for fun and shits and giggles, you know, whatever. It's the first time we were getting the dress up, so I was like, I want to be a Blues Brother. Um but yeah, a huge fan of it. Um, we we talked earlier in the show about you know theme parks and stuff, and uh, I remember the Blues Brothers would do a set at Universal. Right. You know they would they, come rolling down the street. Um, the one down, they'd get out, they'd sing some songs. It was great. Yeah, the one that I always remember, and this is a extremely local reference, uh, and I was disappointed the first time because I didn't know it was going away. I would have definitely have seen it again, but. The local furniture chain of Jordan's Furniture in New England, they had a, sh- a store out in Natick, Massachusetts, and I believe it was like their second or third store. But the way that they designed the store was you walk in and it was Mardi Gras themed and the entire main hallway was Bourbon Street. And at the end, there was a house of blues and every 45 minutes or something, there would be this show. And it would be the two guys or owners at the time. And I can't remember their names. I know Elliot is one of them, but the other, but I can't remember the other one. Um, They would basically be the blues brothers. They would be chased by the cops and then they would come crashing through in the cop car through the house of blues. And then there'd be this huge giant musical number. And, and it was just, it was a ton of fun, but it was in, incredibly blues brothers inspired. And, and remember folks, this was a furniture store, <laughs> right? This is a furniture store with audio animatronics. And you know what? <laughs> Test track can get the fuck out of here. So, um, but that's the type of thing. Like that's the type of thing that, you know, is just, how iconic this movie is. I didn't remember how much of a musical it was, you know, because it's basically just musical number to musical number to musical number. And 
that's part of why it's so long is because it's they play like the whole songs. <laughs> right. They play the whole songs. Aretha Franklin is singing for a while. They you know, the whole songs. They did yeah. uh Jesus, they did three. I'm trying to think of the the, fi- the final big musical act, the one with John Candy and the Orange Whips. Yeah. So the Blues Brothers definitely did two songs. They did and, uh Gimme All You Lovin' and Sweet Home Chicago. And then before that, the yeah. band with Cab Calloway did Minnie the Moocher. Yes. In full. And this in and I was full. watching the theatrical version and it was still in full. <laughs> yeah. And then and then that was the craziest part. It's like we get to the show, they get the money, they're gonna take off, and then there's another like twenty minutes in this movie, and then a musical number. And then they do jailhouse rock at the end. <laughs> you know, it's just like yeah, but th- you know, I, this movie is iconic. It's quotable. Um, there's so many things in here, and it's tough because I can't remember most of them. But it's just, you know, who hasn't who hasn't a- been asked when they go, "Hey, what are you doing?" Quoted back, "We're on a mission from God." Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, I'm, you know, come on. Like like I mentioned, the orange whip thing. It doesn't it doesn't matter what situation you're in. Some sometime you have used that at when you're ordering at a restaurant. Right. You're just. You're, it pops in your head. You're feeling goofy. And you're just like, orange whip, orange whip. Three orange whips. And the waiter looks at you like, yeah, I've heard that 57,000 times. What yeah. the fuck do you want? <laughs> so much. There's you're so not my much. only table, and you're not that funny. <laughs> yeah, right. You were not as clever as you think you are. Um, okay, so just to, if we have to nitpick some stuff, uh, I understand it was it was the time. It was 1980, but $5,000 isn't a lot of money. No. No, so it definitely didn't warrant all of this. No, about a two million dollars in damage to pay a five thousand dollar tax bill. <laughs> yes, yes, about about right. I mean, um, if we're breaking it, it down, people probably died. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, what I mean, you don't throw that much twisted metal around without killing somebody. Yeah, you know, the good old boys should have been dead. <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh um, God, the good old boys. Also, uh. What a shitty concert. Yeah. Like, like, they did, like I said, three iconic songs, and then they left. Yeah, and then they got out. Like, they did the equivalent of, we're going to skip the concert, give you the encore, and fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> like, what did the band do afterwards? Like, they're, uh, like, yeah. they're, they're going through that trap door behind the drummer, and they're like, oh, keep playing. We're going ma- to split and make a break for it. And the, the drummer is just like, yeah, cool. We're going to keep on playing. Did they play that song for the next two fucking hours? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, it's funny because, yeah, that concert at the end was just like, it was so much overkill. It's like, how how did you get that many people they to did. actually show up? You know, the thing that they never really explain in this is that the Blues Brothers at simultaneously are nobodies and at one point, a huge deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like, at the one point, they like they go to Bob's place, you know, the country bar or whatever. Bob's country bunker, yep. Yeah, Bob's country bunker, and they don't know who they are, right. and they can easily come in and pass as like, you know, the good, the good old, old boys. boys. Yeah. But then at the other time, it's just like, they can drive around being like, the Blues Brothers are going to be at this hotel, and like, right. they're talking to the like, you know, that mafia guy in the sauna, and Boring you know <laughs> yeah and they're talking to him and they're like you know we used to kill it that room and it's just like so you played that room before yeah i i would take it um that 
before Jake went to prison, and I'm not 100%, I'm, I'm guessing at some point they said how long, but I, I don't know how long Jake was in prison for. Uh, my guess is they were uh, a theater or a lounge act uh, right. in the 70s, kind of like what uh, what Elvis became. Yeah. Uh, you know, when Vegas Elvis, where he's basically playing showrooms. Where yeah. It's, you know, it's you know, dinner theaters and stuff with a musical accompaniment. Um, that's, you know, that's what I gathered. And then, so they were definitely playing to what used to be their audience, but I also take it it was their audience maybe within five years. Right. You know, I'm saying Jake probably was in prison for five years, maybe. Yeah, probably. You know, so they, they were probably like a big thing in the early to mid 70s. Yeah, that sounds and, about right. Uh, back when that type of, you know, lounger or theater acts, especially in the Vegas type of places, were a real big hit. Yeah, you'd go to a hotel to see an act like that. But, but you know, as the Maurice Lyon character alluded to, times have changed. Why don't you guys don't wear blue jeans or anything? But again, that brings me back to the $5,000. They couldn't have just asked him for a loan. <laughs> yeah, right. right. It's a man in a sauna with 15 gold chains. Why can't he loan you $5,000? <laughs> and, he, you know, here's the thing. He can write it off as a tax thing because he's donating it to an orphanage. Yes. <laughs> you know, he's only going to pay $750 in taxes anyway, so who cares? And Test Track can get the fuck out of here. Uh, but yeah, like I don't know, I don't know enough about taxes to think if that's a, that's a lot. But it doesn't seem like that would just even in 1980. Oh yeah, probably. You know not. what I mean? Like they they ran into enough people, and I understand that they burned a lot of people because every time they ran into somebody, it's like the Blues Brothers. They owe you money. <laughs> yeah. Right. So clearly, this isn't the first time they've made the rounds with their hat in hand type of deal. <laughs> yeah. Know? Well, I mean, even the the penguin, she says it where she's like, "I don't want you to just go steal me five thousand dollars," because that's what they were gonna do. Oh, uh, it's 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 always weird. Like, so here it's it's weird because like they come from SNL. I it's one of those weird things for me when you see predominantly tv actor especially back in the day now it's a little now it's a lot more common but back in the day a predominantly tv actor the first time you see them really curse it's like oh that's odd yeah right it just looks weird those words coming out of your mouth seem weird and even though you know again belushi was a very r-rated comic you know what i mean and the the lampoon guys were not clean comics yeah so so it's not outside the realm of that but it's like Oh, when he lays down that you're really up shit's creek on the penguin, it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's weird. <laughs> no, even it's like it's just weird to me. Um but yeah, so they need to get five thousand dollars for their orphanage to pay their t- property taxes or they're gonna Yeah, something like that. They're gonna it's it's a loose story at best. Yeah. You know? But it puts yeah. them on their mission from God. Right. To which they need to go, I don't know halfway across the country and back it's, it's yeah. they, they kind of take the smoky and the bandit route it's like we're gonna go halfway and then we have to come back and we gotta pick up a bunch of people along the way yeah we gotta find a bunch of people and then we gotta just <laughs> we got to kill a lot of people <laughs> yeah right we gotta cause a lot of property damage and kill a lot of people but we're gonna play a ballroom at the end 
for five thousand dollars. Yeah, we're gonna destroy a mall, you know, just to just to make sure that the kids have a place. That's another one, and and it's probably uh, lost on on also current, current generations and on. But like, anytime you know you were in a mall, Pier One Imports. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll say that, and it's like maybe three of my friends understand what the hell I'm talking about. The rest are just like, are you all right? You having a stroke, Mike? <laughs> you okay? You doing okay, Mike? <laughs> you all right? Oh, just point out up here. Feels are in early this year. <laughs> Did you need a, do, do you need something from Pier 1 Imports? Are, are, you, uh, are you tasting almonds right now? Or, or what, what is it? <laughs> Pennies? Dimes? What's happening? What's happening over there? But yeah, Stroking? Just, I'm stroking out. Uh, so, John Candy. Let's 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 do your John Candy bit. We're, oh, we're, I think he's fine. again. We're we're all over the place on this movie, but it's one of those movies that the movie itself is all over the place. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned before we hit the trailer your your John Candy rivalry. Oh, see, I just you're was, the only I, one in the world that's ever wanted to pick a fight with John Candy. Yeah, again, <laughs> that's what we call a big market tease. Um, <laughs> I was again going to have people come in here and say, you know, oh, John Candy's in here. And then I was going to make it seem like I was going to rip him apart. But mm. he's fun. He's fun in this. I liked him. He was good. What was he? Was, was he FBI? Was he I have state? no idea. Because he was more important than the cops. But he was also with the cops. Yeah. He, I think it was just, oh, like halfway through filming, they got John Candy for a day. It's like, all right, give him a badge. He's going to sit with the cops. He's, we're going to throw yeah, him. He's going to say orange whip. Orange whip. <laughs> orange whip. That's all. That's all he's going to uh, do. They, they launch him into a truck. Yeah. <laughs> Comes out of the back seat. Hey, give me, give me the radio here. This is car. Uh, what car are we? Car are we? 42? Ah, oh, okay. This is car two. We're in a truck. We're in a truck. <laughs> and then that was the end That's of John gone. Candy. That was the end of John Candy. We presumed that they died. He was in the <laughs> truck. Well, they, they made it to Seattle or whatever. For the next way, they went to the next way station, or they put neon lights on it. Thought that they were in Tron, almost hit another car, and then test track and get the fuck out of here. I cannot wait for the world to open up so we can go to Disney, and I'm going to force you onto test track. <laughs> oh God, nothing will. That won't be as fun, I promise you, as the time that I listened to Chris tell me how much he hates it's a small world. And then forced him onto It's a Small World. That's a special kind of torture right there. Yeah. At least test track is quick and fast. <laughs> yeah, at least I get to go 65 miles an hour in a Corvette, I guess. Or some kind of Chevy car. Who's ever sponsoring this month? <laughs> yeah, whoever's Ford. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we need pavilions here for some reason. Everything, <laughs> everything needs a sponsor. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to build these attractions. You know, from a business standpoint, makes sense. Other people's money. Yes. Other people's money. Yeah. Um, hey, you know why? You know why uh, Journey into Imagination with Figment is still shitty? It's because there's no Imagination Corporation. Disney is the Imagination Corporation. I, it will be a sad day when they get rid of that scary Eric Idle moon. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrifying. I just like. It's so funny because you see on all the like the Disney and like YouTube vlogs and stuff when they talk about like journey into imagination and then they put it into journey into your imagination and then they were like oh journey into imagination with figment because everybody rioted and it's just like 
look, I'm not old enough to li- to like go into the original version. Like I just didn't go into, I didn't ride it. Right. And so I only have the journey into imagination with figment. And it's just like, this ride is garbage. I would have rather have just not had anything at all. than like, yeah, I get it. We like the puppet, but you know what? The puppet can be a meet and greet at this point. <laughs> Put him in the honey. I sh- blew up the audience or whatever theater because it's, it's either that or captain EO. So make a figment short, appease those people and then make friggin' inside out the ride. Sorry, I, I was trying to not sneeze too loud. Did you just go on a I hate figment rant? Because we might be fighting again. <laughs> no, I didn't go on an I hate figment rant. I went on a journey into your imagination with figment is a terrible ride. And everybody just likes the purple dinosaur. So move him into a meet and greet so that people can meet him because that's all you really want to do. And transform the ride into an inside out ride because more people would like that than the stupid Eric Idle movie thing that's happening. I don't want to smell a skunk. I don't want to smell a skunk, Mike. <laughs> they can't have a meet and greet because they need they, that means that they have to get rid of Duffy the Bear. Duffy the Bear? You don't? Oh, I don't. No, I have one. <laughs> but on. of where's... all of all the characters in Disney, that's the one I have a problem with. Duffy the like, Bear? Like really? That's what you? That's what you came up with? That was your mascot for Epcot Center? Was a generic stuffed bear. <laughs> oh well, he's he's uh, Mickey's bear. Let's see, I didn't know his story. Okay. Yeah, he's got yeah. a backstory. He's got a whole backstory. All right, so we're gonna do a special episode just on Duffy the Bear's backstory, apparently. Yeah. And let's hope that it Duffy the Bear the Song of the South. <laughs> yeah, yeah, leading to Song of the South. I can rail on other things in in Epcot. <laughs> Don't you dare touch O Canada! Don't you dare do it, Martin Short, international treasure, just like Dame Judi Dench. You know, again, that was another one. I've only seen it once, I think, and I went uh, on Christmas because it was a very crowded park, and I was like, and that again, it was a giant theater thing. But yeah, wonderful. I love those, those big theater things. And that was again, we're going so off track, but just to to jump back to Hall of Presence for a second, that like, I don't know what you'd call it, like not not three sixty. What is it? One one eighty screen they have. Yeah. The movie yes. before, like all the talking presidents, okay. The the Lincoln thing was wonderful, but the rest of them just knock, knock, knock. Okay, cool. But that movie before was just like, holy shit, America. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that propaganda film. It was wonderful. Um, anywho, let's get back to the Blues Brothers. We can wrap this up. Um, yeah. We haven't touched on Carrie Fisher yet. Oh, yeah. What a fun character throughout the entire thing. And so jarring because she's Princess Leia. Well, the funny part was um, Dan Aykroyd and her got engaged while filming. Oh, fun. After he saved her from choking by applying the Heimlich maneuver. Oh, that's even better. It's such a weird story. But yeah, she just, she shows up literally just to cause more havoc. It's like, we have a little extra money in our budget. Give Carrie Fisher a bazooka. <laughs> yeah. Never blow up that yeah. Phone booth. Just have her blow shit up. They blew up an apartment block again. All those old men with the cheese whiz playing cards in the lobby dead. Yeah, <laughs> they're dead. dead. She, yeah, she blew up the whole building. Yes, the know? entire building. Yeah, Multiple and they're floors of people crushed under rubble. And they're indestructible because that, that, was, a, that was a fun bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she blows them up in the phone booth and they land and all they give a shit about is collecting the quarters that fell out. Yeah. Right. They get crushed <laughs> under the building and then just like Shake. dust themselves off. There's at least four dollars and quarters here. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. 
Jeez. What a movie. Uh, they, they, they had to pay for the beer at the country bunker. Yeah. Oh, we what? didn't get charged. So we so, just figured uh, it was complimentary. Speaking of that pay, $200 for your, uh, for your fee, and you drank 300 in beer. So, uh, oh, yeah, the lady didn't charge us for the first round. So, <laughs> no, no, no. So funny. Uh, and yeah, we, the, we get the chase with the uh, the good old boys. Yeah, so many chases. Uh, again, I don't know what the jurisdictions are. Oh yeah, but those two cops that were chasing them for the whole the ones that ended up with, in the truck with John Candy chased them over many state lines. Oh, hundred percent. Again, we took a huge play out of Smokey and the Bandit. I'm pretty sure that yeah, Smokey and the Bandit was like '77, so they were probably like, look, jurisdictions are bullshit. We need just two cops. We don't need to hire 47 different cops. Right. Through lines. Through lines. Let's go. They might be the state troopers, but I don't know. They're the FBI, too. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, right. You ultimately don't care. doesn't matter. Yeah. By, by the end of the movie, they literally have the army after them. Yeah, <laughs> right. They're just shooting up at a government building. <laughs> uh, random, uh, random Steven Spielberg cameo as the tax clerk at the end. Yeah fun yeah uh, to get to get his five thousand dollars <laughs> yeah all that two hours of destruction and like we said they're blowing up buildings five thousand bucks pal it's all there you can count it it's like it's not a lot. Oh. yeah i guess like why, you why did you need the briefcase <laughs> yeah <laughs> why did you which now that i'm saying that out loud because i recently rewatched uh horrible bosses okay they must have been referencing that. Oh uh, yeah, with Jamie Foxx because they they he asked for five thousand dollars and he had them put it in a briefcase and similar to this, uh, Charlie Day is like, what was the point of the briefcase? It's really not that much money. We could have used an envelope. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do, how do we have the briefcase for this? I'm, I'm, now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, oh my god, they were referencing Blues Brothers. I think so. I think you're right because that's the funniest thing is they're like, it just it's not very impressive it's in the literally a stack of money that you could hold in two fingers. Yes, it's not <laughs> a whole lot. Get a hundred cups twenties. Right. It would have to be single dollar bills to fill a briefcase. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, come on. Well, you think? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. But yeah. Um. What else can we talk about before we wrap this up? I got nothing. You got nothing. I got nothing. nothing. It was a fun movie. I loved the musical numbers. It was also so like in a world where we're now so culturally sensitive uh, to like diversity and everything. This movie is extremely diverse. Oh yeah. You know, which especially from a movie from the eighties is pretty cool. I mean, and that plays into more. Uh, obviously, the, the musical influences, and I would right. say more Ackroyd's influence. Being yeah, a heavy, heavy blues fan. Uh, right. I mean, you know, the fact you got uh, James Brown as the the pre uh, the preacher. Right. Uh, you know, another fantastic scene. Uh, you know, Ray Charles. Uh, I want to say that kid he shot at ended up becoming somebody. Oh, probably. The kid who was shoplifting. I'm blanking on it right now. And He's Michael Jackson. Well, it's one of those, it's one of those uh, characters that it's kind of like Cuba Gooding being in the barbershop and coming to America. You right. Know, yeah. He was just a, a child actor type of thing. And wow, there's just way too many people in the IMDb for me to focus on any of them. Oh, yeah. There's oh, too many people in the movie. Did I actually scroll by? Oh, uh, nice. Well, I don't his name. 
Uh, oh, I definitely recognize him. Okay, you know who he is? Who? He's Argyle in Die Hard. Okay. A limo driver in Die Hard. Okay. The, uh, wow. De- I'm going to go Devereaux White. Right. His, his, his first name is spelled D-E apostrophe V-O-R-E-A-U-X. I'm going to go Devereaux White. That I'm going to agree with you. Uh, but yeah, so he, so that kid who was stealing the guitar that Ray Charles shot at, ended up uh, as Argyle, the limo driver in Die Hard, and he was also in Trespass. Uh, he's been working for a while. Good for him. But that's him. So that, that's one of, one of those moments. I mean, he, he didn't go on to do a cartwheel at the Oscars like Cuba Gooding, but you know, still became somebody. Good yeah, sure. <laughs> it all sure. started with Ray Charles shooting a gun at you wildly. <laughs> yeah, wildly shooting a gun at you. But that was um, fun. I, yeah. I absolutely love that scene. I love this. I, this movie is so good. Um, I'm it really is. glad we did it. Uh, and, and again, um, I, ha- I have both versions, uh, the, the longer, extended, unrated, whatever the hell you're going to call it. Uh, I would suggest watching the theatrical one. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the extended one, I've watched it a couple times. Uh, and it, do- it's not, it doesn't add, in my opinion. It's one no. of those extended versions that they, there was a reason those scenes were deleted in the first place. Right. That's how and I feel about the the extended, unrated cut of the town. Yeah, and, and that's always, it's weird, because it's something that that studios do. And, like, as someone who, you know, collects and, you know, collects movies, loves movies, et cetera, et cetera, uh, I've paid attention to the, the verbiage in how it's presented. Extended cuts are usually or unrated cuts or, or whatever are usually the studio just taking all the deleted scenes and jamming them back into the movie. Yeah. You know, and uh, Columbia and Universal were famous for that with DVDs. Uh, the, the ones, uh, they all came out around the same time, and it was the, the Sandler guy's stuff. Uh, so the, the one I remember walking by in a Best Buy going, really, was the extended cut of Rob Schneider is an animal. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, that's the thing with uh, why did we need more of that? (laughs) So uh, if you want to get a and not you, but like the audience, if you want to get a good understanding of the rating system, watch the movie. This film is not yet rated. Uh, It's a fantastic documentary about the MPAA and how that works. And you can release a movie that doesn't go through the MPAA. The problem is, is that there's a stigma to it. And it becomes a marketing nightmare, right? And theaters won't show your movie, right? Is basically what ends up happening if it doesn't have a rating system because the MPAA has like licensing things and all that and other nonsense. So you you have the theatrical cut and the theatrical cut is rated by the MPAA. And then you add in those other scenes and now it's an unrated version of it. There's not like... Every it's exactly like what ended up happening with the porn industry, right? And the now it's NC seventeen, but originally it was X, right? And they didn't trademark they didn't trademark any of the ratings. So the what? What what movie did we really get, dive into this on? I don't remember. Did I remember we? this exact conversation. I, I yeah, it was recent too. Um but go on, go on. But yeah, so they didn't trademark the ratings, so porn took X, and that's how they rated their things was X, triple X, and that's how like you know, Not so they got so 
So any movie that was rated basically NC-17 got blackballed because it was above R and it was it got blackballed for basically being associated with porn. And so that's essentially what ends up happening is you have these movies that it's not it's associated with like being like uncensored and like dangerous and like, Ooh, we don't want you to see it, but it's just like, no, this film was not approved by the MPAA. That's why it's unrated. Okay. So I, I didn't, I couldn't figure out which one we, we had this discussion on, but it doesn't matter. Uh, it's definitely in the archives, but a great example of uh, the differences and more the, the studio just, you know, wanting to release a second cut so they can put on the DVD includes the theatrical and the unrated cut Yeah, uh, is orgasmo. We talked about it earlier today. So on the DVD of Orgasmo, there's two cuts. There's an NC-17 cut and an unrated cut. Now, most people would think, oh, the unrated cut must be the, the yeah. dirtier version. It's actually not. The theatrical version was rated NC-17. And that's the more, I don't know how to, how to describe it. That, that's the, the, the director's desired version. The, right. the studio just grabbed a couple extra fucking scenes and was like, let's jam those in. And we're not going right. to. The point of unrated, as you said, is they didn't send it to the ratings board. It's not right. like they sent it to the ratings board and like, oh, my God, this is so bad. We can't rate it's it. It's too hot for TV. No such thing. This is Jerry Springer on fire. Yeah, um, right. No, it's it's just they didn't submit it because why bother? It's it's more. It's because yeah. uh, it's not it's e- better marketing to just slap an unrated on than. A, well, here's two R rated films in one thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Here's here's two different versions of the movie. Oh, well, why do I need two different versions of it? Well, this one's got deleted scenes and stuff. So oh. I guess the, the, the main bullet point to that is if, you know, it's there's a there's a world of difference between unrated or extended cut of a movie right. and then director's cut of the movie. Yes. Um, you see a lot on uh, like Criterion Collection DVDs and stuff. They'll have the director's cut or the director's approved cut of the of the movie. And that's that's more stuff I look for because it's like you want to see the movie that the director, the artists intended you to see. It's kind of like watching, you know, uh, and this is very inside baseball. This is very geek shit, but it's like, it's watching movies in the correct aspect ratio. Yeah. You know, so it's like, which has to do with setting your player and your TV at the the right thing, because especially uh, the one that was famous for fucking with aspect ratios was Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. Uh, so if you got like the the DVD of Shining, it was actually the wrong aspect ratio because he liked his at like I think one three three or one three five, which is uh, has black bars on the side of the screen. But one of the DVDs had black bars on the top and the bottom, and they anamorphic to you know wide yeah. screen and all that. Stuff. Uh, but the the new 4K release of The Shining has the correct one. Same with you know all of his Full Metal Jacket, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And the um, TV movie version of The Shining can go the way a test track. God, you know what? Please go listen or watch that episode because we had to sit through six plus hours with commercials of yeah. that. You know, and man, I don't ever want to do anything like that again. But you know, the funny thing was. And and I'm and I've thought about this many times in the last hour. We've been talking about the Blues Brothers. With good movies, they're harder for us to review. Yes, a hundred percent. Because it's like we'll sit there and be like, "It's a great movie. Please, you should watch this." Like if you're coming to us for recommendations, the Blues Brothers is a fun two hours of entertainment. Like we're gonna have fun watching the next two weeks of movies. Yeah. Because Airplane is one of my favorite comedies. And then Caddyshack is just fun. Caddyshack, but it's again, like they're iconic movies. 
Um, I think Caddyshack will have a bit more to talk about. Yeah. I think we'll be able to pull it apart more. Cocaine was heavily used in it, so yes. there was a lot of that going around. Um, not that there wasn't on the Blues Brothers set, but different type of cocaine usage. Yeah, um, right. You know, they weren't losing John Belushi into somebody's house in Caddyshack. No. They, no. they were destroying a golf course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, can't wait. So I guess... Is that the Blues Brothers? That's the Blues Brothers. <laughs> and Disney talk on uh, that movie show. So join us next week as we continue our, our impromptu three-part looking back at the most iconic and the funniest month ever from 1980 as we take a look at Airplane. The Zucker Brothers join us on that Can't one. Wait. They're not joining Can't us. Can't wait. Uh, Airplane. And, uh, and yeah, please rate, review, subscribe on all podcasting apps. Uh, I actually have a I have a groovy new link tree thing that has Ooh, fun. All, all there, you know, all the ones I could think of anyway. So if if you listen to us on a different podcast that I don't have on that, please send us a tweet at Mike went at the Eddie McCabe. We'll have it added on. Uh, but if you're looking for like, oh, I listen to podcasts on this, like if you're watching this on Facebook or YouTube or something, you're like, I want to listen in my car when I'm commuting because you guys talk forever and I can't sit here I and know. watch you all day. Um, yeah, just uh, go to that Linktree thing. It has literally all of them. Google, Apple, all of them. Look, if you uh, want that Disney show. Yeah. If you want to hear more of Angry Eddie at the Parks, please <laughs> let us know. Uh, Angry Eddie around the world. We'll figure out a good name for that one. Yeah, right. <laughs> or if you want more Wire Talk, let us know. I don't mind going back and rewatching that. Or if you want to watch The Shield with us, I'm trying <laughs> to get that going, too. <laughs> yeah, right. Look, it's the quarantine. We're still in it, and we're throwing a lot of shit at the wall, seeing if it sticks. So yeah, let, of course. Let us know what you want us to do by any means necessary. Thatmovieshow.net is the website. Uh, Facebook.com slash thatmovieshowtv is the Facebook page. Uh, we have our archives through YouTube. We have them on all different podcasting apps. You can find Eddie and myself on all forms of social media at Mike Went at the Eddie McCabe hashtag thatmovieshow. Uh, New Age Insiders is back on YouTube. Uh, are you yes. doing audio as well, or just YouTube at the moment? Uh, right now, I got to figure out the video first. Okay, but nevertheless, NAI is back. I know a lot of yeah. you came over with Eddie through NAI, and we thank you for that. Uh, but New Age Insiders is back, so check them out on Wednesday nights. Uh, every weekend, uh, I got two guys watching wrestling on audio podcasting apps. Right now, we're going through the first six months of 2006's rebirth of ecw and oh. it's the shits oh <laughs> did you get to the part with the zombie we just started that's uh i think that's in two weeks we just did uh ecw versus wwe head to head the oh. two hour special which uh started off very strong ray mysterio our rob van dam <laughs> opening match but then it was like it just became Ch taz and jerry lawler yelling at each other oh yeah <laughs> Well, thank but you. next week is One Night Stand 2006, which is still in the fun realm of it. Then yeah. we get to the zombie and the TV show, and we're going to wrap it all up with December to Dismember. Oh, no, Again, thank you. <laughs> that's uh, on an all, all audio podcasting apps, two guys watching wrestling. Uh, I think that's all. I think that's all. Yeah, that's it. it uh, yeah. Also, go subscribe to Improv Asylum, yes. uh, their YouTube channel. I just started a show, Anything for Money. The show is free, but we will do anything for money. That's the tagline. Uh, basically, it's a cool concept. It's a live show every two weeks. Mm -hmm. And so the next one will be two weeks from Friday, uh, but we already had the first episode up. 
And basically everything on the set you can purchase. It's, it's really kind of cool. Yeah, it's like if you cool. like a shirt that one of the actors is wearing, you can buy that shirt. Uh, you know. I was I was trying to watch it. I'm sizing up the actor. I'm like, all right, is that going to fit? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, there is also like we had a bit where we had auctioned off a one person on the crew was going to eat sardines, and for every ten dollars, for every ten dollars, it was one sardine, and we maxed out the can of sardines. And as you can imagine, I captured that person throwing up on camera. So. That is great stuff. So one more time, uh, Improv Asylum on YouTube, right? Yes. So it's just Improv Asylum on YouTube. You'll be able to find it. Subscribe, like, you know, share the video. Um, but yeah, watch that's... it uh, two Fridays from now. Yes. And it'll just be on their YouTube channel. So follow them at Improv Asylum on all forms of social media. And you'll be able to find out, you know, when and where and get links and all that stuff. Cool. And I'm directing. So you should support it. Awesome. So we will see you back here next week on That Movie Show for airplane and uh, that's it. Yeah, bye everybody. That's Valley, Hollywood, where any office boy or young mechanic 